0: Glad I've got a Savior to lead me. Amen. Glad I've got a home to which He is leading me. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right, let's turn the Bibles to Psalm number 16, Book of Psalms, Psalm number 16. Been studying the names and titles of our Lord Jesus Christ. Been a blessed fall season studying Amen. these names of Jesus. Speaking of fall, thank the Lord for passing out those gospel tracts to parade yesterday. In 86 degree weather in December. Hallelujah. I'm all for global warming. <laughs> Bring it on. Alright, Psalm number 16. We, we've come to the letter H in our study of the names and titles of Jesus. By the way, uh, we've got um, a few other announcements I guess we didn't make. But we've got... Um, the parades, of course, this afternoon. Evening service tonight at 6. Thank you. Think, think of nobody, nobody's interested coming back to church on a Sunday night. They got enough Sunday morning, so that's it. That's all I want. But thank you for filling the church house. We, we, sometimes we have as many more on Sunday night as we do Sunday morning. We thank the Lord for that. We got a lot of people come from other churches on Sunday night. They go to their home church on Sunday morning. Their churches don't have Sunday night services, and they come down here, and so we're... We're glad to have them. It's a blessing. And then uh, midweek service on Thursday, as always, except Thanksgiving to God week. And so that's 7 o'clock on Thursday. And in Bible school, another semester wraps up this week. We've got classes Monday and Tuesday, no class on Wednesday, and then final exams. And Lord willing, next Sunday night, we'll have graduation uh, celebration for Brother uh, Stephen Wallace. He's made it through um, you, the marks you gave him in a preaching class were pretty lousy, but I had mercy upon him. And, uh, <laughs> so I know where he came from and where he's where he's come to. And so now Stephen, Stephen's a blessing. So wouldn't that be next next Sunday evening? So I uh, plan on bringing in some uh, fellowship, and we'll have fellowship together in the pavilion. You know what Baptist fellowship is? It's food, and, and uh, so we'll we'll eat together, fellowship together. So that's that's next Sunday night. And I um, appreciate Brother Stephen and his, and his family. So, all right, Psalm number 16. Psalm number 16. The Bible says, in verse number 7, I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel. My reins also instruct me in the night seasons. I have set the Lord always before me. Because He is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Therefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest In hope, for Thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt Thou suffer Thine holy one to see corruption. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In Thy presence is fullness of joy. At Thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Now it's interesting. The Bible says in verse number eight, the Lord is at my right hand. Verse eleven says there are pleasures to be found. When, when we're at His right hand. So He's at my right hand, I'm at His right hand. The only way that can be possible is if we're seeing face to face. Face to face with the Lord. I'm at His right hand, He's at my right hand. That's where it ought to be. The only way you can be brought nigh to God like that is through Jesus Christ. He's, he's the Holy One. He's the Holy One. Now, the, the the world, they, they, they speak about the one. He's the one, she's the one, they're the one, we're number one. But nobody claims to be the holy one. There is, there is one holy one. There is one who is holy. There is one who is holy, holy. That's W-H-O-L-L-Y, H-O-L-Y. There's only one. Who in every thought, every word, every deed, every action, every day from from the beginning to the end of eternity is holy. And that one is Jesus Christ. He is the holy one. You know, the holy God gave a holy Bible to make a holy people and, and establish a holy church. We don't hear much about holiness these days, but Jesus Christ is the holy one and he is absolutely pure, he is absolutely righteous. The Bible describes him in this way, holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners. Now in our lives, even though we've been saved, in our lives we are studying the Bible, reading the Bible, praying, fellowshipping together, listening to preaching, seeking the face of God in an attempt to get victory over the long-lasting effects of defilement. We've all, to some extent or another, we've all been defiled. Jesus Christ is undefiled. Every one of us, the Bible could say, of you, of me, that we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God, not Jesus Christ. He is the Holy One of God. May I say without... Uh, you taking offense, uh, the, the disgusting attempt, the blasphemous attempt on the part of modern day churches to separate Jesus Christ from His holiness so that people who don't want to live holy lives will be comfortable with this new modern Jesus is an insult to truth. He is the Holy One. He always will be the Holy One. And when you substitute an unholy Jesus so you can have an unholy, gigantic congregation, the whole thing's false from top to bottom. He's the Holy One of God. Now, come to Luke chapter number 4. New Testament book of Luke and chapter number (coughs) 4. And let's see what the Bible says about the enemies, the foes of this Holy One. Now, it's one thing for God the Holy Spirit to say in Psalm number 16 that Jesus Christ is the Holy One. But here the Bible says in Luke 4 and verse number 33, Luke four thirty three, And in the synagogue there was a man which had a spirit of an unclean devil and cried out with a loud voice, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. Now you might not know that Jesus is the Holy One, but the devil does. And there might be people in in our churches today who don't know that Jesus Christ is the Holy One, but all the unclean spirits know it. The angels of heaven know He's holy. The devils of hell know that He's holy. The principalities and powers know that He's holy. The cherubim and seraphim round about the throne know that He's holy. It's time we caught on. He's the Holy One of God. Now, my point: draw your attention to the man in this passage. He's in the synagogue. That's the house of worship. And he is not as some of the devil-possessed men about whom we read in the, in the Scriptures. He's not cutting himself. He's not crying. He's not throwing himself in the fire. He's not wallowing upon the ground. He is sitting unnoticed and undetected in the synagogue. But he is just as much possessed by devils as those crazy men running about in the tombs. How would you identify someone who is under the controlling influence of devils? What does the Bible say in verse number 33? And in the synagogue there was a man which had a spirit of an unclean devil and cried out with a loud voice. So, let's let's reiterate what Brother Andy touched upon in the Sunday school hour. Jesus Christ is holy. The devil is dirty. If you're sitting in church with a smile upon your face and a necktie around your neck or a nice uh, skirt uh, about your waist and you're sitting there with a Bible in your lap and politely just blending in with the congregation but your mind is dirty and your heart is dirty and your life is dirty and your secrets are dirty and your communications are dirty. Nobody can see that but God and the devil. And I'm telling you there's only one answer for an unclean life. There's only one answer for an unclean heart and mind, and that's the Holy One of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at the Bible, says in verse number 35, And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace, and come out of him. And when the devil had thrown him in the midst, he came out of him, and heard him not. And they were all amazed, and spake among themselves, saying, What a word is this! For with authority and power he commandeth the unclean spirits... And they come out, and the fame of him went out in every place of the country round about. Now, do you notice something? When those unclean spirits inside that man, when they spoke, what they said about the Lord was true. What they said about the Lord was right. Now, I say this this morning, there is not a single person in my mind as I say this. I am not directing these comments at anyone. I'm just speaking the truth from the Word of God. All of us stood this morning and sang several songs of truth about Jesus Christ. You could stand and, and, and say those words. You could sing those words and they were absolute truth. And you could have sung those words this morning having spent last night looking at pornography on your computer. You could have sung those words having watched a filthy movie last night. You could have sung those words thinking evil thoughts against your brother and sister right now. What am I saying? It is not enough. To say the right things about Jesus Christ. Does the Holy One of God have possession of your heart, soul, strength, and mind? Or is it possessed by a spirit of uncleanness? We live in a nation that says, seemingly, many of the right things about God. They sing, God bless America. They have coinage that says, in God we trust. And those same people wouldn't bat an eye over murdering an unborn baby. Those same people wouldn't bat an eye about about having an adulterous affair on a Saturday night in a nightclub or in a bar. I could give you example after example after example. I'm telling you, our nation in theory and in word acknowledges the great almighty God, but in practice they're dirty, they're vile. They're unclean. And I'm telling you, the answer to that is not laws and and, and regulation and, and social restriction and education. The answer to that is the Holy One of God Amen. taking possession of someone's thoughts. And the Holy One of God taking possession of someone's heart. Amen. Now, it's a funny thing. You go out in public... And you stand up for Jesus Christ and you preach. Let's say you preach the gospel outside one of these football stadiums as we do. And you stand there and you say, you know, the Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And the people walking by say, why are you yelling at people and telling them they're going to hell? Now, what inside a person is so unclean that when they hear the greatest words of love and hope they've ever heard, all they hear is assault and oppression and condemnation and they don't hear deliverance and salvation because their thoughts are controlled by unclean spirits. Their hearts are controlled by unclean spirits. And I'm telling you, the only answer to that is the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the Holy One of God. Young lady, you follow Him, you can live pure. Young man, you follow Him, you can live clean. Husband, wife, you can be true to your spouse all the day of your life if you follow the Holy One of God. You won't need rules, you won't need regulations, you won't need people spying on you and checking up on you. The Holy Ghost of God, who is one with the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is one with the Holy God, the Father, He will make you holy. The front of your book says, Holy Bible. The, the, the spine of your book says, Holy Bible. People talk all the time say, well, the Bible, the Bible. The Bible says, the Bible says, I believe the Bible. We need to put more Holy Bible in that. Amen. The Holy Bible says, I believe the Holy Bible. Have you read the Holy Bible? Amen. It's a holy book telling us about a holy God. Now, come, come quickly back in the Old Testament, back to Psalm 78 and 2 Kings chapter 19. Psalm 78 and 2 Kings chapter number 19, He's the Holy One. There's not a holy group of men, a holy group of women, a holy group of religions. He's the Holy One. Now the Bible says, 2 Kings 19 verse 22, 2 Kings 19 22, Whom hast thou reproached and blasphemed? And against whom hast thou exalted thy voice and lifted up thine eyes on high? Even against the Holy One of Israel. The Holy One of Israel. Hey, their holiness was not in their priesthood, their holiness was not in their sacrifices and their altars, their holiness was not in their law and their commandments and their statutes. God was their holiness. And as long as they acknowledged Him, they had a fighting chance of living right and doing right and enjoying His blessings. But the minute they they, they tried to, to justify their unrighteousness, well, the only way to justify unrighteousness is to downgrade God. Come on, you see that? They were blaspheming God by doing what? By saying, well, well, it, it, God doesn't mind. God doesn't care. It's not all that bad. The Lord understands. He's a loving God. He's a gracious God. You know, you know what? When men talk like that, what they are doing is they are declaring that because I want to be unholy, God is required to be unholy so that God can approve of my conduct. That's blasphemy. The thing to do is say... God, have mercy upon me, a sinner. The thing to say is, God, help me, strengthen me, teach me, guide me. I am not what I need to be. I am not what I should be. Don't lower God to your level. Don't drag God down so that you and God can fellowship on your terms. That's what's happening all across America. Where, where, where churches once stood for purity, they now make fun of it. Where churches once stood for cleanliness, they now make fun of it. Where churches once called upon their, their, their members to elevate their lives through the power of the Holy Ghost and the teaching of the Word of God, now they throw out the Word of God so that everybody feels comfortable and everybody, it's blasphemy against God. He's holy. Measure up to Him. Don't drag Him down to you. That's what's happening in our day and age. Psalm seventy-eight. Moving quickly. Psalm seventy-eight. The Bible says, Bible says in verse number. Oh, let's start at verse number thirty-five. And they remembered that God was their rock and the High God their Redeemer. Nevertheless, they did flatter him with their mouth, and they lied unto him with their tongue. For their heart was not right with Him, neither were they steadfast in His covenant. Now, everybody's not preaching, testifying this morning, but we did all take a song book. And we said things to God like, Onward into the fight, and onward into the battle. And for most Christians, having gone to church, that's the end of the war. I got out of bed Sunday morning. I got to church. If a guy doesn't preach too long, I'll get through the whole service. We said the right things, but we didn't mean them. All to Jesus I surrender. All to Him I freely give. Really? I surrender all. I mean, a song leader calls it out, the piano plays it, and we just start singing. We don't think about what we're saying. Take my silver and my gold, not a mite would I withhold. Well, it's easy to sing, who's got any silver and gold? But I'll hang on to my cash. (laughs) Look, the, the point is, we all know what to say to God. We all know what to say about God. But if He is holy, He's not buying our falsehood. Right. If he is holy, he knows I don't mean what I'm singing. He knows I don't live what I profess. Fair enough. So, so keep reading. Bible says verse uh, number... Let's see how, how, how far we need to go. 38. Uh, but he, being full of compassion, hallelujah, Amen. forgave their iniquity and destroyed them not. Yea, many a time turned he his anger away and did not stir up all his wrath. Thank God. For he remembered that they were but flesh, a wind that passeth away and cometh not again. How oft did they provoke him in the wilderness and grieve him in the desert? Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. Now think about this. I I stand here before you by the grace of God and since the day I was saved, in 1976, not one drop of intoxicating beverages, not one illegal narcotic, not, but just let's just go down the list. No, no smoking, no drinking, no cussing, all those name all off. but could I stand before you this morning and say, "I have not limited God?" Who can stand here this morning and say, everything that God could have done in my life, I allowed it. Everything that God wanted to make of me, He's accomplished. Every victory that could have been mine, every defeat that I could have avoided, I have given full control of my life to God and He has made me holy. And you're kidding yourself if you even think that. What happened to those children of Israel? They're redeemed. They're on the way to the promised land. But when it came time for water, they didn't ask God for water. When it came time for food, they didn't ask God for food. When it came time for victory, they didn't ask God for victory. came time for healing. They they turned everywhere but God to meet the day-to-day needs of their life. Now you tell me, you tell me, there aren't millions of people sitting in church this morning frustrated, unhappy, depressed, dissatisfied, because though they sit in church with a Bible in their lap from Sunday noon till the next Sunday at 10 a.m., they are going to look for happiness everywhere but Jesus Christ. They're going to look for satisfaction everywhere but Jesus Christ. They're going to try to find hope and joy and peace and contentment in everything but Jesus Christ. Every one of us puts limits on the Holy One of Israel. And I'm telling you that that full victory could be ours if we'd stop drawing lines on God and saying, No, no, you, you can't cross into that. That's my territory. You can't have that part of my life. I'm comfortable with that like it is. You know what He wants? He wants us holy. Our flesh isn't buying it. He wants us sanctified. Body, spirit, soul, Thoughts, words, deeds, actions, friendships, relationships, investments, agreements, disagreements. He wants our lives under His full control. And we limit Him. And the Lord says we do that because we know He's the one. But we're not so certain He's the Holy One. That's just... Come on, let's just be honest with each other. That's, that's a problem. I question God. I, you know, as smart as I am, question God. I would trust God, but I don't know how it's going to turn out. With my, you know, my five decades of experience up against His eternity. I mean, who's God to argue with me? What does He know about it? We limit the Holy One. All right, let's turn the Bibles to Job, chapter number 6. Right before Psalms, book of Job. Then we'll race over to the New Testament and enjoy what the Holy One has for us. Job, chapter 6. Job, chapter 6. Verse number 10. Then should I yet have comfort... Yea, I would harden myself in sorrow. Let him not spare. For I have not concealed the words of the Holy One. The words of the Holy One. Now, again, I'm asking myself, I'm asking you, I have no one in mind. I'm not not pointing my words at anyone. Truth is truth and applies to everybody. Most, most people who call themselves Christians have not opened this book since last week. I'm not talking about present company. We're all, we're all great, gigantic heroes of the faith. But most people who call themselves Christians don't even read this book. News sites, websites, newspapers, news articles, TV shows, movies, but not this book. When, when, when people do read it, most people who read it Read it skeptically. Read it with questions. Read it with, I don't know about that. Read it, I'm not so sure. Hey, hey, do you believe these are the words of the Holy One? These are the words of the Holy One. Why would I object to what God says about marriage if he's holy, why would I object to what God says about alcohol if he's holy? Why would I object to what God says about lying and stealing if he's holy? If he's the holy one, these are holy words. I'll believe them. I'll live by them. I told some of you, we're uh, that uh, crowd downtown on... Uh, Friday afternoon, they're coming out there, you know, with their, their atheism and, and, and they're, they're uh, making fun of God and, and all that, just to harass the uh, preachers, interfere with the preaching of the word of God. And this uh, fella he pulled up on his bicycle, and he got off his bicycle, and he was he took out his lock, he was locking his his bike. And I walked down to where he was. I said, "Young man, can I can I ask you a question?" Well, sure, I guess so. They're nice. One on one, they're nice. They get in a group, they got to impress each other, but but individually, nice guy. I said, "Can I ask you?" I said, "Why are you locking your bike?" Why well, I don't want anybody steal it. So, said, well, who would steal your bike? Nobody would do a thing like that, would they? He said, are you kidding? A lot of people steal my bike. I said, well, don't your textbooks down there at Stetson teach people not to steal? Don't your science books tell them not to steal? I mean, surely all these college-educated people in this town, you wouldn't have to lock your bike. I said, or let me guess. There's not one book you've studied in one of your classes that says thou shalt not steal. And the only book in this town that would tell people not to steal your bike is the one you reject and are trying to get rid of. Don't you understand that the problems in your life come from your disregard of the Word of God and your exaltation of everything else in its place? He said, well, you're not going to get everybody to believe that book. I said, well, let's just start with you. I get you to believe it, and you can get somebody to believe it, and pretty soon you can quit locking your bike. He said, well, you're always going to lock your bike. I said, we didn't lock our bikes when I was a kid. Didn't lock our houses when I was a kid. You have to worry about your mom being attacked, you know, coming out of the grocery store when I was a kid, because people believe that Bible. You threw out God and threw out the Bible and they got a dumb sign saying "saying hail science and worship science. And you got to lock your crummy bike. Nobody even wants that bike. They're just going to steal it because they can get their hands on it. Poor old Joe. Well, Joe comes around on a, on a bike you wouldn't even want to ride. If you had a bike like Joe's in your garage, you'd put it in a yard sale. And then you don't see Joe for two weeks. Joe, where you been? Oh, somebody stole my bike. Who'd steal that piece of junk? They're just grabbing it because it's not chained down. I'm telling you, these words are the words of the Holy One. And you throw out this book, and all you're going to get in its place is uncleanness. All you're going to get in its place is dirt and filth and, and depravity. Better stick with the Holy Bible. Amen. All right, let's go to Acts chapter number 3. Acts chapter number 3. Now, let's see what this Holy One did. He's called the Holy One of Israel. 2 Kings 19. He's the Holy One that brought Him out of Egypt led Him through the wilderness, Psalm 78. He's the Holy One sitting on the throne in heaven, according to Psalm 16. We read all that. He's the Holy One who authored the Scriptures. We read that in Job chapter number 6. Now, let's see what He did. Acts chapter 3, verse number 12. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Or why look ye so earnestly on us? As though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk. The God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, hath glorified his son Jesus, whom ye delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But ye denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you. Okay, now now stop for a minute. The God who brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, the God who led them through the promised land, the God who gave his word to man, the God who sits on the throne in heaven, that God walked this earth and stood condemned before Pontius Pilate. Jesus Christ is the Holy One. God Almighty is the Holy One. Jesus Christ is God manifest in the flesh. Now why did they reject him? Because he was holy. His holiness reflected badly upon their uncleanness. That's why. I mean, what did he do? I find no fault in this man. That was the problem. You brought in all these witnesses and and I don't see that he's done anything wrong. That was the problem. Religious people don't want a holy Jesus. They want a Jesus to turn wine into wine. Right? They don't want a holy Jesus. They want a Jesus that was friends with publicans and sinners and harlots. They want to reduce him to themselves. And when Jesus would not be lowered to the hypocritical level of the scribes and the Pharisees, when Jesus would 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 be a friend to sinners but wouldn't participate in their sin, they had to get rid of him. Keep reading. Ye denied the Holy One and just, and desired a murder to be granted unto you. Why would you desire a murderer? He's not threatening. A murderer is not threatening. Well, he doesn't threaten my self-worth and self-esteem and self-exaltation and self-love because I can say, well, I'm better than that guy. But you can't point to Jesus and say, well, I'm better than that guy. And killed the Prince of Life, whom God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses, And his name, through faith in his name, hath made this man strong, whom ye see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. And now, brethren, I want through uh, through ignorance, you did it, as did also your rulers. But those things which God before hath showed by the mouth of all his prophets, that Christ should suffer, he hath so fulfilled. See that? The Holy One was rejected of man. The Holy One died for man. The Holy One was laid in a grave. The Holy One rose from the dead. Amen. He's alive forevermore. Yes. Now, come down the, in the chapter, verse number 27. Same chapter. I'm sorry, 13. 1327, not 327. Acts 1327. Be hard to read Acts 327. <laughs> Acts 1327. Start at 26. Men and brethren, children of the stock of Abraham, and whosoever among you feareth God, to you is the word of this salvation sent. How about that? For they that dwell at Jerusalem and their rulers, because they knew him not, nor yet the voices of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath day, they have fulfilled them in condemning him. And though they found no cause of death in him, yet desired they Pilate that he should be slain. And when they had fulfilled all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a sepulcher. But God raised him from the dead. And he was seen many days of them which came up with him from Galilee, Jerusalem, who are His witnesses unto the people. And we declare unto you glad tidings, how that the promise which was made unto the fathers, God hath fulfilled the same unto us their children, and that He hath raised up Jesus again, as it is also written in the second psalm, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And as concerning that he raised him up from the dead, now no more to return to corruption, he said on this wise, I will give you the sure mercies of David. Wherefore he saith also in another psalm, Thou shalt not suffer thine holy one to see corruption. You know what the New Testament church preached? In Acts chapter 3 and Acts chapter number 13, and to this very day, the holy one is Jesus Christ. The Almighty God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is Jesus Christ. And He came to this world as a man. And, and when he, by the time He turned six years old, He was still the Holy One. When He turned 12, He was still the Holy One. When he finished his teenage years, he was the Holy One. When he started his ministry at age 30, he was the Holy One. When he stood before Pilate at 33 and a half years of age, he was the Holy One. When he died upon that cross, he was the Holy One. When they laid him in the tomb, he's the Holy One. When he rose from the dead, he's the Holy One. When he ascended the right hand of the Father, he's the Holy One of God. Hallelujah. He's holy. He's holy. No fault in Him. No sin in Him. No error in Him. No transgression in Him. No iniquity in Him. He's holy. The Holy One of God. Now, that being true, I had no choice but to repent and to trust Him. If If you received baptism as a child, as an adult, and on your deathbed, if you got it by sprinkling, by pouring, and by immersion, if you got it backwards one time and forwards the other time, you are still not holy. There's only one who's holy. If you joined every church in town, gave 20% of your income, at the end of the day you're not holy. There's only one that's holy. If you try to stop everything you're doing that's wrong and try to start doing everything that's right, you'll, you'll acknowledge to yourself at the end of one day, I'm not holy. There is only one who is holy, and that's Jesus Christ. So I'm not trying to impress Him with my works. I'm not trying to buy Him off with my good deeds. I will humbly bow before Him and say, Lord, I I am trusting your holiness. I'm trusting your righteousness. I'm trusting your sacrifice for my sin. The Bible says as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. I I say this as politely as I can, but it must be said. This attempt by the modern day church in America... To make Jesus not quite so holy so that unholy people are more comfortable with Him is an insult to the person of the Son of God. He is the Holy One. On the other side, may I say as politely as I know how, for the high church to look at a man in a costume with a stick in his hand and a hat on his head and call him Holy Father is an insult to the only one who is holy, Jesus Christ the Lord. You say, you think you're right and everybody else is wrong? No, I'm wrong too. There's only one who's right. It's Jesus Christ. There's only one who's holy. It's Jesus Christ. If you're here today and you are trying in any way, to get to heaven through a church, to get to heaven through works, to get to heaven through good deeds, to get to heaven through the labors of your own hands, there is only one who was holy when he arrived, holy when he lived, holy when he died, holy when he rose from the dead, and that's Jesus Christ the Lord. Trust Him. Receive Him. Give Him the honor and the glory of being your Savior. Stop trying to save yourself. It can't be done. He's the Holy One. Praise the Lord. Father, thank You for revealing Yourself to us through Your Son.